Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies. This week, our first review is finally the Disney live-action remake of Mulan. More like Poulon. That review coming up now on this episode of Brownie Points. Poulon. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Like we said, this week's first review is finally Mulan. We withheld paying $30, and now it's free on Disney+. Plus. So we have... Boy, howdy, am I glad we did. Oh my god. I Yes, I, 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 I want to say something about that in a second. But as we always start, who made the movie? It was directed by Nikki Caro, and it was written by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Elizabeth Martin, and Lauren Heinick, based upon the the ballad of Mulan. It's not really a specific like Mulan is a just a long standing story in Chinese culture, so it's just based on the general story. But the film stars uh, Li Fei Lu, Donnie Yen, Li Gong, Jet Li. Yes, the Jet Li. This is our second Jet Li film. Fun fact, and Zima. Famous, famous, amazing character actor, Zima. Uh, just saw him last year in The Farewell, but I know you didn't see that. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that is that is the cast in the main crew of Mulan. Oh, my God, Nick. Uh, I, uh, I, have to, I have to say something to you and to the listeners. Every now and then, when you say you're right, you're right. And in this case, you called it. You're right. I'm saying this to you, looking into the camera. You called it. This movie is... <laughs> this movie... I can summarize my hot take pretty quickly. This movie is hot garbage. This movie was really, really, really bad. And this it's is really hard to sit through. It's Very, o- like I've got multiple notes of like me checking time, but my I'm going to see if I can find my first one. While you do that, I... Oh, I found it. I found it. It's in all caps. Jesus, I have an hour and 20 minutes left? Oh, my God. You checked really 40 early. Minutes, 40 minutes into the movie. I was like, this has to be like an hour in. Well, that's... Okay, we can, we have to we have to dissect some of the editing in this movie, too. But, um, but, yeah, this movie was so bad. And it's only amplified by the fact that, like, I had the hype behind it. Like, I... That's one of my favorite trailers we've had this year. It was such a great trailer, and it promised so That's much. Sad. Oh, I I love the trailer. <laughs> I remember. I just remember seeing the trailer and just if something along the lines of, I've got a bad feeling about this, and it really dwells from the fact that the shots they were like. There's actually color in this movie. I will give it that. The shots they used in the trailer were really drab and dreary, and had like no color palette. And I was like. I'm sad now. Thanks, Disney. Yeah, it was a little darker in the trailer. That's I do vaguely remember that now. But I, I but I was super sold on it. I, I a serious live action, no music, no dragon, no cricket, no none, no none of that in this movie. Just a straightforward. No, I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a straightforward Chinese action movie out of this. And it's got the, the... <laughs> no, it's not. I, that's actually something that I want to talk to you about. Is I, I, this might go along with your editing choice. I cannot state, out of all the things that don't work in this movie, the most jar- one of the most like top three most jarring to me is the fact that the action scenes are made to look like a Chinese action kung fu movie. And then they present the rest of the movie as a straightforward Hollywood drama. It, hmm, interesting. Like I, I see what you're saying. They I... they don't they don't have dialogue like in a like in a kung fu movie. They don't have story building like well they don't have story building but they definitely don't have any story building like in a kung fu movie. For the people then, for the people in the back, where on earth is the natural story development? I I cannot. 
I cannot count how many notes I had or how many notes I almost had of, uh, like literally there are so many moments in this movie that made me go, Oh, f- you movie that didn't happen. Oh, oh my God. Okay. And then, me... and then they put that with just like a normal story. Yeah. Let me, let's, okay. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll chip it apart. Once I swear I'm almost done. Uh, <laughs> it's, Oh my, I already forgot where I was. Uh, this movie's garbage. Uh, <laughs> it was amplified again by the fact that I was super excited for it. But then what What this end product ended up being was the most soulless and cash grabby out of all these movies that we've had. It's easily the, the worst of the live action remakes we've had so far. I, I haven't seen Peach Dragon, but I've seen the other ones. But I can't imagine Peach Dragon's worse than this. You dislike this more than uh, Lion King? Oh, oh, dude, I'd much rather watch Lion King than this again, because at least Jon Favreau still told the story of the Lion King in the way that felt like he was telling a story. This movie, and we can expound upon it uh, it, when we really break it down, this movie just felt like a highlight reel of just, like, you remember this from the animated movie? You gave Lion King a higher rating. Did I? Well... I, you gave it a ha- you gave it a half pan. Granted, that was only our twenty first episode, so we were pretty new to re- like reviewing movies. But oh no 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 get... no! I dislike Mulan more than Lion King. I would rather watch Lion King than this again. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, no, I no, I hate this movie. Uh, I'm not <laughs> giving it our lowest rating though, but I'll say that why I'll say that why later with better grammar. Uh, <laughs> but we uh, say why no baddest movie ranking give this. This movie's making me so angry I can't talk. <laughs> you smell toast. Uh, it, it's it's soulless. It feels cash grabby. It barely takes the effort to even tell a story when it's literally lifting itself from another source material. Like it, it feels like I was watching a highlight reel of just like you remember that from the animated film. You remember that from the animated film. And this Boy, movie, howdy, is that an understatement of the f- millennium? It's it's it it feels like this movie was supposed to be like two and a half hours long, but they hacked this to the bone, so there's barely any connective tissue between scene to scene, and it's it's astounding to me that this movie came out the way that it did when it's got it had so much promise behind it, and it's I'm not trying to just amplify an extra or beat up extra on it because I was excited about it. It's just it's. That's- it's so aggravating, though. Like, that is a part of it. Like, yeah, I'm a little more razzed by it by that, but... Real real quick, just because I, I know I will forget to bring it up. I find that very interesting because one of the things that I'm going to talk about in, in, like, my hot take and, and when we just do the review is how I, like, I'm like, yeah, I applaud you for taking a different, like, style and direction and tweaking things, but you didn't, like make good decisions with those changes. And I find it interesting that you talk about this movie for wanting to deviate from the cartoon so much is so freaking relying. That's not even a sentence is relying so freaking hard on the cartoon that it's like a really weird crutch where it's like, Hey, we're not the cartoon, but do you remember when this happened in the cartoon? Oh dude, it does both. It does both. It has both of those massive problems. Like it's, it's but it's not even like it trying to tell the story. It's just like I like like the the metaphor I keep using is it's like a highlight reel. But then when something new happens, yeah, you did something new, but it was still stupid. Like the phoenix, it, the phoenix was do, dumb. The the, you, the witch was. Do you stupid. want me to applaud you for being a moron? It was so. Oh my god! Every decision in this movie was so bad, except for the cinematographer and the costume designer. Like. The costumes look great. The art direction looked great. The cinematography looked good when it didn't have CG in it because the CGI in this movie is ridiculously terrible for how much yeah. money Disney has. But I yeah, that that again another understatement of the freaking millennium. That oh. but my my hot takes turning into a, a blazing inferno. I and I should let you get your hot take out real quick before we both just have a complete fit about this. Uh, on our ranking scale. A contender for one of the best films of the year is a movie so good. You get a full pan of brownies with icing sprinkles and all the fixings on top. A pretty good movie overall is a full pan of brownies. A so-so 50-50 is a half pan of brownies. A pretty bad movie overall with one or two good qualities in it is a single brownie. And a contender for worst of the year, if not one of the worst films you've ever seen, is a movie so bad you get a cookie full of raisins instead of a brownie. Because Mulan looks good... I'm 
maybe generously giving it a single brownie, but oh dear lord, this was really about to teeter into cookie. Like this was as this was as close to a cookie without getting a cookie as you could get because I can at least enjoy how the movie looked, even though the acting, the editing, the actual writing, the dis- the core of the movie. <laughs> So much of the movie is so bungled outside of technical and and aesthetic reasons. Aesthetically, the movie looks great. It really does look great, except the CGI again. The CGI is garbage, but that's literally the only thing I'm going to give this movie a pass on is that it looks good. Everything else, man, is... uh, I didn't even talk about how awful some of the acting is in this movie, but uh, you give your hot take. I've been talking long enough. What's your hot take on this? My hot take, uh, I, I know I normally start my hot takes off with my last note of the movie where I get my ranking. Um, and I'm going to do it again this time. Single Brownie, aside from the music and the visuals, this was a tremendous waste of time. Oh, what, um, they, what they did with the music. I didn't mention that either. I did like how they sprinkled in the music in the score instead of the actual songs. So, yeah. So the big thing that I want to do before we really start like diving into our thoughts um, I want to emphasize something. I watched this movie with my wife. That's not what I'm emphasizing, but it brings me to my point. My, uh, I, my, I had a witness to my disenjoyment of this movie. I had a witness to me shouting, oh, F you movie, like three times. And then she's um, just too popcorn. It's a like, good Nick. thing we didn't see this in a theater because I might have lost my AMC A-list privileges. She, she's just looking at you with popcorn, just like, Nick, you need to calm down for a second. <laughs> she's like, this is the maddest I've seen you since that baby was in Venom. Um... <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> listen, listen back to like one of our early episodes of me talking about like worst movie theater experiences. Um, funny thing is, is, as the show's gone on, I've had so many bad ones. I don't know if that would even make the list anymore. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, she's a huge, fa- she's a big fan of the first cartoon movie. Um, I like it. it I, it's, I've not really watched the whole thing in a long time and I don't hold it in like a super high, like regard. It's re- it's good. I don't, I don't love it. I don't, I wouldn't say I love it, but I definitely do not hate the movie. Um, but what I do want to make absolutely clear to anyone listening, my despise for this movie is not based on the fact they deviated from the cartoon at all. That's not what it, that's not why I have any problems with the movie. What I have problems with is things that they changed from the cartoon, like the avalanche scene. Um, I've got, dude, I'm not oh even kidding. Oh my you. god, the avalanche! I laughed out loud at what caused the avalanche. I thought that was so, so ridiculous. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a point that makes such a tremendous plot hole in that scene. Me and Kelsey discussed it for five minutes and didn't pause the movie. <laughs> just let it go that's awesome (laughs) we let it go let it go um (laughs) but i really dislike this movie um there is no like i've got a note in there it's like boy howdy they do not spend any time developing characters or Um, or any reason to go from point a to b other than the first movie did it other other than mulan is different than other women in her time there's no like no development of her character um, you don't really get the sense that she loves her dad that much, uh, which you get, you do get in the cartoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are there are things that they change from the cartoon that put plot holes in it, like I was talking about with the avalanche scene. Um, and ooh, ooh, oh, sorry, no, finish your thought. I because I'll start I'll start off us breaking it down with some trivia that I want to know if you noticed. Um, but. Uh, I did like that the guy from the first Kung Fu movie in Rogue One. Uh, the first Kung Fu movie we reviewed in Rogue One was in this. Donnie Yen. Um, Do- yeah, Donnie Yen. And, um, and I, Jet I liked... Li. Jet Li was uh, in Hero. Yeah. Um, I did like... Uh, I did really like that the once the colors were put in it, I liked it. I thought it was interesting that her hometown, like, village thing was, um, like... <sighs> almost like a giant apartment complex rather than a hut. Like in the first one, I thought it was more interesting to see that the society they were living in was a little more intertwined. It reminded me um, of the apartment complex that a uh, uh, Kung Fu hustle took place in. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that several times. <laughs> um, but I, I, and then I, I really like what they do with the music. Um, and I, I like the use of color. 
uh, it felt like watching a superhero movie, um, just because <laughs> which they which didn't one? <laughs> like a Joel Schumacher one. Um, <laughs> they um, again, I, I brought it up already. I have a tremendous issue with how they blended their action styling with their drama drama styling it doesn't make any sense it's wildly distracting and causes whiplash like it's not just me thinking that like kelsey knows that too she's like because i was like i went huh and she goes that i went huh and then she looked at me and went that action doesn't fit with the rest of the way they're portraying the movie so it wasn't just me noticing it Hmm. and it wasn't her just agreeing with me like she mentioned it um I found this movie to be a tremendous letdown. I'm glad we didn't give it a uh, give him thirty dollars for it. Um, I give it, I like I said, I give it a single brownie. The colors and like the visuals and the colors and the music is why I don't just like hate outright hate this movie. But I'm being entirely honest when I say this was really close, really close to being a to being a raisin cookie really freaking close oh yeah this is this is i I, i'd have to look at our list for new titles specifically but this this is one of the closest to being a cookie that missed out that i can think of for me i'd I'd be shocked if this wasn't top five worst again i have to look at the the new title list to remind myself what we've seen this year but this is definitely this (laughs) has to be top five this is it's not the worst movie but it's 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 up where's that kamel nanjiani movie (laughs) Oh yeah, the Lovebirds. That's Lovebirds, Eurovision. Those are both worse than this. Uh, okay, so we've got Hillbilly Elegy. We rated really low. Ooh, would you rather I'm watch think- this I'm, or Hillbilly again? I'm th- I'm thinking of ending things. We rated really low. Unhinged. We weren't. We rated really low. Uh, I'd rather watch Unhinged the binge, than this. The binge. We rated really low. Yeah. That uh, was bad. Eurovision. We rated really low. Uh, I rated Shirley very low. I don't even remember that movie. Um. Oh, is that that one about the hermit lady? It was the 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 writer with the mental disorder, and she Artemis Fowl came out this year. Ooh, I'd rather watch this than Artemis Fowl. Yeah, the love the lovebirds, uh, extraction. We both gave a really low rating. The lodge. We gave a really low rating. You don't have to read uh, the whole. The I, hunt, I know you're almost at the top rating. now, but <laughs> I'm almost done. Uh, Call of the Wild. We gave a low rating. You gave a low rating. Uh, I didn't. Gretel I and Hansel. Gretel and Hansel. We gave a low rating. The rhythm section. We gave a low rating. Uh, the Grudge. Yeah. Uh, okay. We we've seen some pretty bad movies, but in terms in terms of like now we don't have to do okay, a year let me, recap let me put it, list. <laughs> let me let me put it let me put it this way. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way. In terms of the movies we've seen that aren't like worst of the year quality, this is one of the worst of that. No, they, based on what you just listed, I it still cracks my top five. There's there's a handful of movies <laughs> you said I'd rather watch than this again, and there's a couple movies that uh, I would rather watch Mulan than the other ones again. I just, but anyway, yeah. we can save that for later. Uh, this is yeah. this is a terrible movie uh, for anybody yeah. that didn't watch this yet even though it's free now spoilers obviously don't uh um. <laughs> just watch the other one the other one's on disney plus so yeah. um i want to start off real quick with just this because i think this is an interesting talking point uh did you the avalanche scene the what the avalanche scene no um it's about a character specifically uh did you notice that um oh here we go uh that they split uh commander lee shang into two different characters and he did not appear in the live action movie i thought so because i was like i feel like one guy's missing but they have an extra guy in his place yeah he was split because i thought i thought there was like a young hot shot and then he gets visited by a higher ranking military official and instead there's two middle-aged guys that get visited by a higher ranking military official uh the the producer jason reed said that commander tongue who uh, was played by Donnie Yen and uh, the soldier uh, Hung Hu or Hung Hu? I don't know how to pronounce that name. Uh, that the, the actual love interest that was like the one that went to the water and was like, oh my god, with some of the flattest line delivery in the movie. You could turn my your back on me, but 
you better not turn your back on the other men. I've got I've got a note I'm not reading on air. It is wildly inappropriate. Oh, nice. Um, Way to ensue. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I think just... it's from I think it's from that scene when he's like, he's like, you hid that talent from me. What else can you be hiding? <laughs> oh, like, uh... I think you just texted texted me that also. Uh, was it about a restaurant? No, you gotta tell me off mic if it's that bad. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I just wanted to. I I thought that was interesting. Um, I'll save the rest of trivia for the end. But um, I thought that was interesting that they decided to change that because they wanted to avoid in their words a very uncomfortable uh relationship on screen they didn't want they didn't want and it makes sense they didn't want the uh the 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 female empowerment movie to be somewhat anchored by a pining love interest at the same time like does that make sense they didn't want it to be anchored by sleeping with your boss yeah and it Again, it makes sense, and it made me want to yeah. rewatch the other movie to really like pay more attention to that. Because I, in reading that, I was just like, "Oh, I guess that was an element that I just ignored when I was a kid." But hmm. I thought it was handled. I thought that was handled pretty well. Like, I thought it was cool that she had like the commander and then just the fellow soldier that was like on her level. So, like, I guess another credit to the movie for actually somewhat handling that okay. You want to hear me point out the gigantic plot hole about the avalanche? Yes, yeah, I've can- really. Yeah, you can't okay. get off this avalanche, and I want to know why. <laughs> okay. So, d- for those of you that need a refresher, in the cartoon, and the only reason I'm drawing this comparison is because they're telling a different version of the same story. Well, it's, and in con- the cartoon, it's, it's context. Yeah. In the cartoon, this doesn't poke a giant plot hole in the movie. In an effort to defeat all the invading uh, military, she grabs, like, a firework mortar, fires it at this... Uh, part of the mountain causes an avalanche and it takes out all the uh all the all the enemy in this movie this is the this is the note i have of what causes that avalanche so basically what she does is she goes behind the enemy puts a bunch of helmets up on rocks and then starts shooting arrows at them and then they shoot their catapults and it causes the avalanche they've for one person by the way for one person that somehow snuck behind her or behind them because movie, they decide to not just charge the girl with the swords or fire more arrows. They decide to go full measure and launch a cannonball on fire at well, her. She, she made it look like there was like half a battalion. But anyway. Yeah, the movie so did not. Here's, I... <laughs> here's, here's my note. I want you to just like go like just think about this with me. Okay. Yeah. So the avalanche is happening, causing the invaders to run off and die. But why would the witch stop attacking them? Because the witch, um, by the way, that's introduced in this movie, and it's stupid because it's not executed very well. Let, let's break the down the witch, witch later. So essentially what the witch is doing in this scene is the entire battalion, they've gone into this formation where they have their shields in essentially a turtle shell, and she's like flying down and smacking them as either bats or crows. Yeah. So she's... She's trying to, like, do that so they won't run off and move, and they can hit them with the giant boulders, making them sitting ducks. So Mulan causes this avalanche to happen, and it wipes out the entire invading army. So here's my note. So the avalanche is happening, causing the invaders to run off or die. But why would the witch stop attacking Mulan's army in their defensive position? If she keeps it up, they will die in the avalanche. That makes less sense than just blindly firing fireworks at the mountain. That is... Literally. Yeah. Literally. That witch can fly off at any moment, and she's fine. But the moment that the army starts running off, she stops doing whatever she's doing, and she flies off with them, therefore giving the defending army time to run to safety and not lose as many in their numbers or any at all. Well, they still got run over by the snow, but yeah, no, that is a that is that is yeah, stupid. That is it's stu- a tremendous. It's a tremendous plot hole. It makes no sense. You have you literally could just the thing she did to was basically just stop them from firing, but she actually introduced more danger into the situation by by being like, hey, if you're sitting ducks, you can't get away from the snow. Yeah, no, that is a idiot. Well, that's, that's yeah, that that is a massive plot hole. I thank you for bringing that up because I didn't think that through about it. I didn't think we I didn't think about the witch just this. disappearing just because. There's a- we discussed this for five minutes without pausing the movie because I was like, "Am I wrong for thinking this?" No, I don't know if I needed five minutes to agree with you with it, but 
there's so many moments like that where it happens just because the movie wants it to happen. Um, the, speaking of the witch, though, can we agree that the witch oof, is only in big, this... Big th- oof in the movie. Can we just... It doesn't make any sense how the witch, like, she somewhat has a a, a backstory. It's just the, oh, I feel betrayed and now i gotta take it all over i'm an outcast like you milan yeah like she's she society ca- didn't understand me either join me and we can rule the galaxy as bird thing and mulan oh my god you got you brought up something else i have to talk we have to talk about but um star wars the, oh yeah we have to talk about that in a second but the witch herself okay she's got that super thin cliche like the the world doesn't understand me, so I gotta take out the world. And she's got toilet paper wrapped around her head. She, <laughs> that was makeup. Uh, <laughs> but the whole, so she's a villain. But then the movie just decides in a plot twist that she wants to kind of Darth Vader her, and then that inadvertently kind of backfires on her and. Yeah. Kind of forces the movie to have an extra, you go, girl, because the movie already wasn't strong enough in that message. Well, like, I don't the thing that it's the it, thing that's really dumb with what they do with the witch. It is stupid. Is, it is so stupid. Is like James Bond is the best one that I can think of where you have the main villain and then you have like sub main villain. You have you mean the like the Bond girl that ends up betraying him? Uh, no, you have, like, a gold member, or Goldfinger, you have Goldfinger, and then you have the guy that throws the hats. Odd job. I haven't seen Goldfinger, but proceed, I I see what you're saying. I've not seen it either, other than, like, some basic, just, like, information on the movie, but I'm just saying, like, there's Gold Goldfinger, who is, like, the upper echelon bad guy, the baddest of the bad guys in this movie. That's the main guy they're trying to stop, right? Yeah. And then one of his henchmen slash, like, assistants is Oddjob, and he's got a hat, and he throws it, and he, like, can decapitate, like, statues and stuff. Um, okay. He's super strong. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, like... No, I'm just laughing this, at that, yeah. In in this movie, but, but what I'm getting at is you have a very distinct, like, tier ranking of the main bad guy is Goldfinger, and then the guy that reports to him, but he's, like... The number one guy, other than Goldfinger, is Oddjob. Yes. In this movie, sometimes it's kind of hard to tell. Like, the the witch is almost like Catwoman, where it's like, I don't know if you're a bad or a good guy. You're just in this for yourself, and it makes very confusing motivation. It's like it's like trying to ride that line of like anti-hero but like it's like chaotic it's like chaotic neutral chaotic it it can't decide if she wants to be or if she is chaotic good or chaotic neutral or chaotic bad like she just i don't know it just kind of springs it on it just like oh i can tell that you're a woman and i can relate because the world doesn't want me to be me like it just it just is so heavy it's so dumbly heavy-handed like and it's a kid's movie yes it's a kid's movie the witch really comes across as, like, it's a, another thing that this movie doesn't do very good. And the witch is, like, one of the most prime examples of it. Um, this movie doesn't develop characters at all. And the issue that they have is, with the witch, it seems like they thought they developed her. And then they kind of realized they didn't. And they are like, it, keep it in the movie. Yeah. The, the only thing that they do with these characters is just... A great example of what you're talking about where there's no development is how many times that they cut to the three other people who are supposed to be like the guy with the black eye, the skinny guy and the fat guy in the animated movie. And they're kind of. Oh, certain- dude, I couldn't tell. The- I couldn't tell who was supposed to be who because like the one guy didn't have the gruff voice. The fat guy was just a mama's boy. And then the one like super tall guy or super skinny tall guy was built like everybody else. Yeah, like but the the fact that like okay, the live action surrogates just kind of looked indistinguishable to begin with, except for the fact that they were always in frame together and they were always hanging out with Mulan or the other guy. So it just is just like we don't they get to know have these a distinct 
they didn't have a distinct feature that made them stand out, like a super gruff voice, being being different in height and weight, and then being different in height and weight. <laughs> but in terms of the development, there is no development, and there's so many times in the no. movie when we cut to them. And we're it's supposed to we're supposed to feel something every time it comes to them because they have some music cue or they're all making some what? sort of face. But the movie, the action, the live action movie doesn't give us any reason to give a damn about these characters other than oh they seem kind of familiar like the the three guys what, in the other movie. What about movie. the scenes? What about the scenes like the one before the first battle where they're sitting at the camp the campground and he's like, "You want me to say anything to your loved ones when you die tomorrow?" I'm like. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, why do I care? What, why do I care that you're talking? Because, well, it, they they put that line and they're like, oh, that's that guy always saying these things. And I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. You haven't developed him. Exactly. It's just, it's what I was saying in the hot take was that so much of this movie isn't trying to be storytelling. So much of this is just soulless, like, recreations of scenes that they just glued together in probably it's, movie maker at this rate. It's like it's very much like we got to hit the notes. We got to hit the notes. Come on, we got to hit the notes. We got to make sure we hit this and hit this and hit this and hit. like. It's funny as much as I complain about checking for time and the fact that I feel like the ending is bloated, which we haven't got to yet. It's funny for how like much I thought this movie dragged on. How just kind of bloated it feels, or how how rushed it feels. Oh, dude, I. Not as early as you did, but uh, I I watched this with my mom because I'm still uh, still within driving distance of her. So we uh, we watched this movie together, and I had to pause it to go to the bathroom at about like fifty five fifty minutes into the movie. Was this when you text me? Possibly. I no. Oh no no no. I texted you closer to the end. Okay. Um, but. Uh, I can't remember where in the movie it was, but to me, in my mind, I thought just the way that the movie was going, oh my god, we we gotta be at least, like, two-thirds of the way into this movie. Um, But no, we're halfway into the movie. This is an hour so into a two-hour movie, and I thought that we were already running to the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie. Once the climax happens, and they get to the part where they're, like, awarding her and stuff like that, like, her ceremony, I was like, alright, we got, like, five minutes left. And I checked to see how much time was left, and they're like, you have 22 minutes left. I was like, how? How is there 22 minutes of this movie left? I thought the same thing at an hour, because it just, again, the terrible editing and the pacing, we're just flying through well, these scenes. They, it's funny, they, in the beginning of the movie, they spend more time with her as a child than they do, than, that's a tongue twister. They spend more time with her as a child than they do in the cartoon. Say that eight times fast. They um, they sold more seashells with her as a child by the seashore. Um, they but they spend more time uh, in her younger years and with the sister. But what's funny is, it feels like they rush through getting her to the camp and getting her through the camp. It's really weird. Like. They they spend more time with her as a younger child, but they hit almost in like the like the storytelling aspect. They almost hit the avalanche because to me the avalanche scene is the big turning point in the movie, and it's when we start the conclusion. Well, yeah, it's and, well that's after the big reveal where in this movie she lets down her hair. Like she didn't do that in the other one. She actually yeah she's she's just because I actually when she has that fight with the witch and she gets hit with the throwing star. I was like, oh, no, she's dead because I thought her armor where it split wasn't so much like, oh, it got her heart. It was more of she can't fix that. And they're going to see that she's a woman and they're like, there's, there's no way out. And then she's like, I don't need the armor. And then she like sheds it in a metaphorical like thing to be like, I'm a strong, independent, proud woman. And I'm like, I mean, you're oh going to a battle. You might actually want to have something that's not going to get you. Pe like, I've got a lot of problems with that battle, and we'll get to the action in that a moment. That doesn't make. Because the action doesn't make sense in terms of, like, the way they film it. But also just a lot of the decisions that are made don't make sense. The, the That scene specifically, the big empowering moment. This is the first time she's ever met this person, and the witch just happens to say, oh, okay, I don't know your name, so you're going to die without being you or however the exact way she says it but the fact that that is all is needed plus with the cherry on top of it the narrator going and in that moment the soldier died but Mulan was still alive how on how the hell was that all she needed to just decide 
oh, I'm just going to be me and I'm going to save the day and embrace the chi. And like, that didn't let make me, any damn me, sense to me. Let me break that down for you. It's actually ingenious the way they did it. Uh, Phoenix. But, okay, she Fe- sees the Fe- Phoenix. She Fe- sees she's Fe- alive. Fiend. Phoenix. So, uh, so stupid. That scene made me so mad because that was so undeserved. Like, I, a lot of my issue really just like, look, yeah, it, it, it comes across as kind of hokey and cliched and everything where she sheds the armor. I approach these a little more realistically than you because you you look at it as the artist like, look, dude, you're being a little kind of heavy with your sh- like foreshadowing of stuff and a little heavy handed with your metaphors. Or you're I'm just at, going to the next I, scene because you just feel like it. I, I look at it at, or you're like, this development is unwarranted or whatever. I look at it as you're going to a colossally huge battle. Why are you taking your armor off? Because she's got to you know, show the full the thing, figure. You got to see that she's thing, a woman. <laughs> you know, the thing designed to keep you alive in battle like you're going to. Why are you? It's basically. Okay, so this is a really weird story to bring up, but I didn't think of it till now. Do you remember ESPN Zone? Um, not it's really. like Dave and Buster's, except owned by ESPN. Like it was like a, kind of like a sports bar, and it had a bunch of games and stuff like that. I think that was right, but I think that was before I started going out to places like that. Well, no, no, dude, this was when we were kids. This was like when we were like these were big when we were like eight I... to like eleven. They didn't last very long. I'd have to see a photo of me at one. I don't remember going to one. Okay, so but I, I went to a couple, and. <laughs> I remember, I think this one was in Chicago, because I think it was when we went to the uh, Cubs-Cardinals game where Sosa and McGuire played. It was the first ball game I ever went to with my uh, dad, mom, sister, uh, aunt, uncle, and two cousins. I think we went to the ESPN zone, and my sister was playing a boxing video game, and it was motion sensitive. This is before the Wii came out, and you stood in this platform, and it, like, I, I guess it, like, just casted down a bunch of, like, uh microsoft or not microsoft uh xbox xbox connect dots it was microsoft uh, it was microsoft flags flying at you (laughs) no 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 no. like like in a microsoft uh i jesus xbox's connect system when they did it in a that uh paranormal activity movie where there's dots everywhere so oh yeah, yeah 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 So she's so she's boxing. My dad goes now. The key to to key, the key to being good in boxing is like bobbing and weaving. But you want to make sure you guard your head. Well, my sister and this is gonna be terrible radio for uh, listeners. My sister goes like this. She puts and like holds her holds her fists, which are in like fake boxing glove controllers. She holds it in front of her face and she can't see. So <laughs> my sister decides well i can't see so the best thing to do is to just hold my hands like elbows width apart and just completely expose my face so i can see and she kept getting punched in the face by the video game and she lost in the first round of the opening level every time and they tried it like two or three times and she's like but i want to try it win the fight but it's like we keep losing money and you're not listening to advice i'm not gonna keep paying for it (laughs) I did okay, but my sister was just like, huh? I don't understand why I keep getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's hilarious. What was that, euf- what, what was that euphemism for? Uh, the uh, Mulan shedding her armor. Yeah, that's like that's like playing that video game and then holding your gloves out, elbows width apart, and being like, why am I getting punched? Well, what if her what if her chest plate? I was I'm trying to not say what I was trying to. What if her chest plate? worked like a bulletproof vest though and just the fact that it already had one dagger in it it doesn't matter it's broken isn't that how bulletproof vests work i don't know i'm not an expert in that i'm kind of surprised you would know that um i've i've heard i don't mean that i don't mean that to sound like the big dig that it sounded like i'm sorry if that came off rude i'm just saying like no i've seen not something i thought you would have learned about no i've 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 i I don't i can't remember where i heard that from but i heard that bulletproof vests are only good for one bullet technically and in, in what I understand with body armor for sword fighting, you it basically just acts as a giant shield. Well, yeah, a sword is not a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
dude, if someone's swinging a sword at your arm and you've got a metal plate, like if there's a cut and they hit in the cut of the plate, yeah, it's going to suck. If they miss, it's still going to protect you. So like she's just like, she sheds off all her arm armor and all her chest armor. And I've actually got a thing. I was like, you, I've got a couple notes. I was like, you jerk. You, you snuck off at night and you stole your dad's armor and sword and uh, I'm pretty sure it's expensive, and now you're just making yourself gonna die. And then at the end of the movie, I was like, "You left and stole his sword and his armor, and you came back with no sword and armor, you dick." Dude, can we before we unpack the ending? Because we kind of need to unpack the ending. We need to unpack the beginning because that's that's where it starts with the action being so bad, where she's chasing the chicken and she ends up on the roof, and literally she's standing on the roof, and like one of the roof tiles just gives. And she's like, oh, my God, I better do a perfectly executed double backflip and then use the stick to steady myself and glide down to the bottom and not even twist my ankle. That's the prodigy child trope. That's all that is. Well, here's the thing. Prodigy child trope. Yeah, it sucks. But it's they have that in so many other scenes like Donnie Yen. Oh, my God. I'm not saying he can't perform these actions, but like. There are so many scenes, like the scene where she's literally the first time I yelled, oh, you movie was when she's riding on the horse and the guy shoots two arrows at her. And she's like just riding on a horse and goes and leans back and just misses both of them. It's like it's trying to be crouching tiger, but it just doesn't feel like it belongs there. It feels like it's just a stylistic choice because it looks cool. Like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel natural. What what I think it. What I think it was is Disney trying to pay homage to kung fu movies because they're like, oh, it's a Chinese, it's a Chinese story. We're gonna we're gonna film it in China. We're gonna use Chinese actors, and mm. we're gonna pay homage. Look, I know there's controversy with the movie. I'm not trying to stir it. No, up. no, no. I'm just, I just that's one of my trivia was mm, this movie actually shot about ninety five percent of it in New Zealand, but don't tell other people that. Okay, but what I'm getting at, but like, it felt like they were trying to pay homage to it. But the yeah. problem is, Disney was so dense, they didn't realize that Chinese kung fu action movies don't end at the action. Because if you just have absurd action and then super grounded realistic dialogue uh, and acting, that doesn't make any sense. Because it's, yeah. it's like, it, it literally is like having something normal and then a cartoon starts happening and then you go back to normal like nothing happened yeah well that movie we one of the first uh for no the first foreign film that we watched hero like it made sense the way that the action played out in hero like it established that that was like the way like okay this is the world that the movie is making for this story this movie tries to have two worlds you're right and it doesn't work like the world of hero the way it's established like up until when it finally goes into the backs or the 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 not the flashbacks that are the actual story it makes sense when people are kind of flying around and like dueling in their minds and things like that like here in mulan it just kind of happens and it's just like oh well that was really weird like there's so many instances of like Someone jumping up and like dodging a spear or an arrow and they either catch it until it's convenient that they don't catch it at the end of the movie. Yeah. Or they uh they they dodge it or they catch it and then they like throw it in the air and they jump and spin and kick it and it goes on a straight path faster than when the arrow was <laughs> shot or when the javelin was thrown and it kills someone. I laughed so hard. At that, in the ending of the movie, I was in tears laughing at how stupid that was. That was so funny. That was so stupid. Like, like the, right when, the best right part when of, he the threw best it up in the air, is, I was like, oh, she's going to kick it. She's going to kick it. And like, <laughs> the so best, funny. The best part, though, is how long they hold on him thinking he caught the arrow. Because it's not like... It's not like they try and build up dramatic tension. So like it's, it's not a like, surprise. It's not. It's not like. It's not like they show his hand clench and then it's like and then it's half a second and they look and there's no arrow in his hand. Oh my it's, god! They show his hand clench and his head's up and they hold it for five solid seconds before he goes, oh. <laughs> oh my god! That was so, so funny. I like that they thought they were slick and pulling off the fake. Like he didn't die from the fall and try to pull the arrow real quick again. Like oh my god. That was so dumb, too. Dude, I... That... 
the whole ending fight scene is just based off the Phoenix thing that they tried cramming in this movie. Dude, that and was the most like, uninspired like have... and unoriginal fight. Like, let's fight in a construction, uh, a building under construction, and the final fight is going to take place on a, a suspended beam. Like, and the pit, yeah, on a suspended beam that you're going to precariously be on, and the thing underneath you is on fire, and if you fall, you're probably going to die. Like in Lion King. Like in tons of movies. Tons of movies have the final fight in this exact same scenario, and this movie's just like, oh, this is so suspended. No, it's not. I've seen this happen like 10 times in other movies. Like, you couldn't think of a I've better ending Anakin. than this. I've seen Anakin not give a fine f- about high ground in this setting. Dude. You you have five writers, and that's the best you can come up with for the big climactic final fight is a is a under construction skyscraper. Really, the Dark Knight had an under construction skyscraper. Come on, God, dude, this. And I I'm I'm sorry to just keep hyping the the action. Like oh, it's the bad. The settings are it's, stupid. It's really the settings bad. Are stupid decisions are stupid because okay, so she's okay again. She's. She, she sheds the armors by the seashore. She sheds the armor as she rides into the fight. When people are getting shot at with arrows, they very easily... Okay, I've got a problem with when she, like, just, like, leans back and just misses them. But, like, they could weave. They could dodge. They could, like, send the horse left or right. The guy that dies at the end of the movie uh, could have very easily rolled to his left... Yeah. And he doesn't get hit with the arrow. But instead, he's like, you know what? The best thing to do is catch it and then fling it back at them so they die. No, it's not. It's to just not get hit with it. One thing that bothered me about the action was that I was excited that the movie was rated PG-13. I was like, oh, word. We're actually going to have some pretty decent violence in this movie. There's like no blood in this movie. Well, it's well, blood would have been R. But, um, dude, this really? movie. Any, any blood? There's no PG-13 level blood? The, the rule is you can't see blood coming out of the body, but you can see blood stagnant on somebody. Huh. I learned something today. Yeah, that's the that's the rule. Kind of like how yeah. you can say one F word and get a PG-13, but if you say two F words, it's an automatic R. Dude, wouldn't it be amazing if just, like, he thinks he caught the arrow and he didn't, and it, like, cuts back, and he's like, and then he dies. <laughs> That's part of what Hamilton had an issue with to get a PG-13 was that they say the F word three times, so they had to censor two of them. That's stupid. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's whatever. They, it's whatever. It's still <laughs> Hamilton, but, uh, but no. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. But yeah, the, the, the violence in the movie bear, like, I didn't think justified, if not barely kind of, I guess technically it's too intense for PG. Like, I was really underwhelmed with just the, the intensity of the violence i was it's, i was just surprised it's one of those it's it's so unintense with the violence that you it makes you think okay who did you piss off at the mpaa where you didn't violate the rule that strongly and they just would not give you wiggle room i i guess that's what it was like because really i was kind of shocked this wasn't pg still like uh yeah because wasn't Transformers, um, or not Transformers, uh, uh... Transformers, more than meets the meat. Uh, no, the Power Rangers. Wasn't the Power Rangers reboot PG, and that was more violent I than... I think. Than, and that was more violent than this movie was? Did you watch that movie? I did. It was one of the first movies I saw when I moved to New York. Because, uh... That Nicole, sucks, I'm sorry. Nicole wanted to go see it, and it was free, so I was like, eh, word, whatever, I'll go see it. Because I like Power Rangers. She when... wanted to go see it. Yeah, and I like Power Rangers when that I was a kid. That does not fit what I think one of her movies would be. She and I like Power Rangers when I was a kid, so I was like, ah, word, whatever, I'll go see it. And I was, it was hot garbage. I thought it was terrible, but that's what it was. I I only draw that parallel because I thought that if it is PG, I'm not fact checking it right now, but uh, if that was PG, that was way more violent than uh, this was. Okay, so. We've talked about the ending or the opening. We've talked about the ending. Um, we've talked about the action. We've talked about the introduction of the Phoenix plotline, which doesn't work. We've talked about the introduction of the witch plotline that doesn't work. Uh, Power Rangers was PG-13, by the way, so no angry emails. My bad. Okay. One thing I want to talk about is how long they draw out her 
like accepting the job as like the secret service person imperial guard whatever holy <laughs> crap dude what what about I'm this? not I'm what, not what do you saying, mean I'm what do you mean specifically I'm not saying I have a problem with it being in the movie I really don't I'm not saying that I have a problem with it taking up any time that's not what I'm saying it takes up like 20 minutes just like okay it take gonna, that it didn't take that much time I've got uh uh okay I've got you she kicked the arrow into his chest followed by how can there possibly be 20 minutes left in this film well, it wasn't all. She has the moment where she returns to and sees dad and tells him that she lost the armor, she lost the all that. And then, honestly, the dad is hands down the best actor in this movie. The dad's it, great. Uh, Zhao, what, or, what is he? What is he from? Because I recognized him, dude. I his IMDb credits. Uh, Zima. He literally has been in a hundred and thirty movies. He was uh, a general in Arrival. He was uh, one of the relatives in The Farewell. I'm just reading what his... I really liked Arrival. That might be where I recognize him from. I just just was reading his known for. But, dude, he's got 130 credits. He's just a very, very busy character actor. He's probably been in more things than you realize. Hmm. But, God, God damn, he was hands down the best actor in this movie by miles. Like, I was genuinely touched by him. And in the beginning of the movie when he was like, I mean, it was not the greatest dialogue, but like I got that. Like, it's the father. He knows these ways. I'm trying to protect my daughter. I'm the father. I have to go to war. Like he sold the living out of those lines because that's how good an actor he is. Well, it's funny, too, because he comes across as more understanding of Mulan at the beginning. Well, yeah, because we get to see her manipulate her force powers, and he knows he's got, or she's got the force, but she, he's got to tell her to repress the force. But he, but what I'm getting at is, he, um, he manipulate, like, he's more understanding of her in the beginning, and then the war part comes, and he shifts back into stubborn dad stereotype. Because the understanding wasn't written in the original movie, so he's just being a jerk because he was in the first movie. He's... He's also, like, the only person that communicates with the ancestors in this movie. As crucial as that was in the other story, because, look, I know that, again, I know that they decided to go in a different direction. And like I said, I applaud you for trying to take this in a different direction. It's just you went backwards. Um, I found it interesting how little they involved the ancestors because you can still have them as a very prominent role in the movie. You could have people... uh, praying to them you could have people doing rituals for them and then you could have oh, like oh that's okay i was gonna say the phoenix is the embodiment of the spirits though that's the guardian of the family so like that's kind that's of the guard okay that's the guardian of the family but that's not the ancestors no it's not no no no, no you're right it's not the physical ancestors like they you, were in the other movie yeah you don't you don't have to show a ghost in this movie you don't have to show ghosts communicating with people, but you could show people praying to him more. You could show people doing rituals and then you could show the ghosts in turn. Like maybe something lucky happens and she kind of like looks up at the sky and there's like some signal. Like then you see the Phoenix and it's like, oh, the ancestors are watching over us by using <laughs> Anakin, the Phoenix. Anakin Skywalker shoots her a wink. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker tells her that her lightsaber is the most important weapon in the world and then flips off Ryan Johnson. <laughs> um, tune in next week to hear our thoughts on that again um but yeah it's just i'm not trying to compare it and be like it's better in the first movie because it has the ancestors it's just i find as crucial as that was to the way they told the story in the first that they wiped it out like look i get getting rid of mushu and getting rid of the cricket i really understand that animal sidekicks don't make sense unless they're apparently they're a witch or a phoenix in this movie but I just find yeah. it as much as we can, much as they, we can have a witch, but we can't have a talking cricket or dragon. <laughs> yeah. But as much as they focused on magic or supernatural beings or animals in this movie, I find it interesting that they didn't involve communication with the ancestors. Yeah. Spirituality is too much, but sorcery is okay. Yeah. And then also she could just leave and then no one dies. Yeah. And all the witch, all the witch has to do is look scary for a couple minutes and then she realizes there's another woman in this movie we must empower each other (laughs) there's another woman in the world oh my god what a development these fish are awesome wait a chick (laughs) 
right, I'm just saying because I know we're coming up on. By the way, does she get a jade sword at the end of this movie? Uh, I think that was jade colored. Yeah, it was like that off that that off light green. I think that was yeah. kind of like the kind of like the color of the bow that she had in the animated movie. Because I think that was jade too. I've got well, him killing the witch was dumb. I'm just looking through my notes to see if there's anything else I want to address before we move on to the important Nicolas Cage question. Oh, I got one trivia that's uh worth or two two. Tri- I can read these really really quick. Uh, these are the only two that I have left. Ooh, ooh I've got one I want to point out. In the climax, the straight above shot of her where she's running up the steps and all the and they just have like all the steps and perfect lines across the screen. That was a really cool shot. I do want to commend the movie for Oh, that that was a cool shot. <laughs> that shot tripped me out. That was... <laughs> yeah. Um the scene where they all stick up for Mulan when she comes back and they're like, She saved us and she's here to try and save the I the am Emperor. Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I literally put I'm Spartacus as my <laughs> note for that scene. <laughs> Oh, I laughed so hard at that. I was just—they were just like, "I'm with Mulan. I'm with Mulan," and I'm just whispering to myself while Mom's just on the other side of the room. I'm just going, "I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus." <laughs> so at that point in the movie, I just gave up. I was just so done with it. I—I've got one note of if the witch wants Mulan so bad, why doesn't she just absorb her like she did that other guy in the movie? Oh, I didn't read you my note. I'll—I'll—I still got my trivia. I just two things in my trivia I want to read, but the note I wrote was um, uh. uh Oh wait, one note was after they tried to kill the spider. Over dramatic much? It's funny when it's animated, uh, but not so much live. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, they reuse. There's one thing that's funny. Speaking of a good shot, a bad shot. They actually reuse a shot of them loading a rock into the trebuchet and then slathering it with flammable liquid. They reuse a shot for that. Oh, I I didn't notice that. I don't want to watch this again. But oh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, when she when she's introduced uh, and she goes inside that guy to get into the other uh, the town whatever, I just wrote she's hot. I'd let her in me. <laughs> I've got um, <laughs> the part where they say the the creed of the military and she's she doesn't say true. My note is she didn't say true. Subtle, right? Um, uh, okay. Do you, or do you have any other notes? Because I got just two quick trivia things I can read real quick. Uh, other than, uh, my second note of, for being a more grounded and realistic interpretation, the action is harder to believe. He caught an arrow. The witch went into a guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, I'm, I'm ready for the Nick Cage thing. Okay. Uh, well, on the two trivia things, uh, Jet Li, who plays the emperor in the movie, this is not only his first film in four years. He almost didn't do this movie because of quote script and pay, but <laughs> This movie sucks, and I want more money. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty much. Uh, but his daughters, who uh, expressed the importance of Disney to shine a light on Disney col- or on Chinese culture, convinced him to take the role. So thank you, daughters of Jet Li, for convincing him to be in this. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing was uh, Ming Na Wen, uh, the original voiceover of uh, Mulan in the 1998 film. She was the woman. That said, or that introduced Mulan to the Emperor when he offered her the job as the Imperial General. Or the, the yeah, whatever. But yeah, do you remember that woman? No. Anyway, who would you cast? <laughs> <laughs> who would you cast Nicolas Cage to be in this movie and why? Oh, man. I was so... I don't know. I felt like replacing... Jet Lee with him is low hanging fruit, but that would have been really entertaining. So I think it would either have needed to be, have been either Donnie Yen's commander or the general that's barely in the movie, but the general that like him, is shouting at all of them. Him, him as Donnie Yen would be very entertaining just because of all the crazy action that Donnie Yen does, and to see Nicolas Cage doing it would be hilarious. I would be honored to bring you to my son. And the matchmaker, of course. <laughs> My choice would be to replace uh, the witch with him just so I could try and have <laughs> any enjoyment out of that character in this movie. Nick Cage with the white makeup on his face. That's pretty funny. Whoa, look at my head. It's weird. Oh, you remember that trailer we watched a couple weeks ago, Jiu-Jitsu? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's out now. Mm. If we... So, I mean, we're not going to add it into the calendar, but... <laughs> probably not. Um... <laughs> So, 
And for being a more grown-up interpretation of this movie, I just want to say, Disney, how dare you not have an Olive Garden scene in this movie? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's the biggest issue with this movie is there's no Olive Garden scene in a Disney remake. There's no breadsticks. There's no endless soup and bre- soup and uh, salad. Dis- Disney had uh, that one song uh, in The Lion King that was literally about Simba getting it on. So Yeah. So Mulan needs someone to... <laughs> Something about a ravioli. I don't know. I was going to say, I'm waiting. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. <laughs> and the payoff was not worth it. Um, I can... I'll, I'll finish that with dishonor on your house, dishonor on your family. <laughs> God. Let's wrap it up. I'm, let's wrap it up like we would if we were going to hit it with our wood. Should Jesus? Let's wrap it up like we should if we were gonna hit it with our wood. Uh, you're, you're, you already blew it. You already blew it. Just what she said. <laughs> <laughs> already blew it. Just like the Olive Garden that isn't in this movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh. So yeah. With that. Uh. We've been talking about this for a while. So we're gonna take a very brief break, and when we come back, we're gonna remind you about the big episode we got coming up next. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, that is our thoughts on the live-action remake of Mulan. It's hot garbage. Thank you so much to... Boo! I... <laughs> Boo, indeed! <laughs> Thank you to Isla Morphin uh, for the bumper music uh, before or in between these segments here, as always. Why's, Thank you. Where's Isla Morphin? Isla Marf... Where's Isla from? Isla Morphin of Fugue. Thank Fugue. you. Fugue! Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh my god. Um, anyway, guys, uh, our next episode is going to be a massive, massive episode. Super, super excited to bring it to you guys. Nick, remind everybody what the movie is and who's actually going to be joining us in the time machine. We're going to check out an MGM cult clock. We're going to watch uh, Strange Brew. And we have some guests. Some friends of the show from Titletown Sound Off, one of my favorite podcasts. It's about the Packers, not the 49ers. And... Uh, <laughs> thanks for that clarification dan dan is so sad because of the 49ers and uh anyway so the movie uh we are gonna have two of the three hosts from title town sound uh we are gonna have chris and kevin uh we are not gonna have james he uh unfortunately had to work late and was not able to make the taping um so we're gonna have them on we're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about uh strange brew we're gonna have some strange brew and uh we're gonna be crying and saying brew who at the end yeah <laughs> yes it is uh from sc tv stars um oh my gosh i don't have their names in front of me so rick gonna... moranis and i don't know the other guy yeah rick moranis and way to go dan you didn't have your notes correct um <laughs> damn it <laughs> boom it's damn it <laughs> or no wait i can do fully damn it <laughs> I hit my beer on the boom arm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's going to be our episode uh, this Thursday. It's Strange Brew. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun with the title town sound off, guys. Uh, speaking of sounding off, Nick, remind everybody where they can reach out to us in the meantime. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema. Instagram, Brownie underscore points underscore guide. And Twitter, at Brownie underscore cinema, as well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Make sure that you're sending us movie ideas for us to review, whether they are time machines or new releases in theaters or streaming. And also make sure you send us Brownie Bites ideas, whether they are topics to discuss, countdowns to do, movie trailers to review, and all that stuff. Also, be like Nikki. She sent us emails and recommended us stuff, and uh, we like having movies recommended to us to watch i didn't fully think that sentence out before i said it and i was like what do we like um <laughs> sports um <laughs> but uh yeah thank you nikki um i bad on me i should have checked to see if we had a uh, reviews up i'm gonna take a wild guess and assume we don't Brandy. yeah let's not take the time necessarily uh, unless you're doing it right now um, i'm oh. literally doing it right now it's Dave Thomas. I just pulled it up. Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis of SETV. Sorry, guys, if you were Dave in Thomas, the... as in the guy from Wendy's. I uh, sure. I don't know who you're talking about, but <laughs> Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, the guy with the glasses. Oh, that's his name. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. 
didn't know that. I just knew his ginger daughter was the face of the company for real. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's <laughs> what I got. So let's wrap it up. Yes, that is all we got for you. Uh, we will continue to always be in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor.com and other major podcasting platforms around the globe. Uh, guys, continue, as always, to take care of yourselves. The vaccine is slowly starting to make a rollout, but we are still not quite at the light at the end of the tunnel. So just keep washing your hands and wearing your masks and everything Scrub will be... Scrub the bubbles! Scrub them! <laughs> and everything will be okay for uh, this holiday season. Trust me, guys, we're only going to get through this if we work together. So with that, that is all we got for this episode of Brandy Points. We will catch you on Thursday. Go, Paco. Fiend, 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 phoenix.